That's right, we're back on the road again here at Range Anxiety. It's uh, a Sunday session, and I'm doing it just before time for once because uh, I've been pretty goddamn sick. Yeah, oh, just never stops at the moment. That was Willie Nelson, good old Willie with On The Road Again. Who remembers when uh, Rodney Root did the dogs version of that song? I just can't wait to sniff some assholes with my friends. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So today we're doing a drive along. We're on the road again. And uh, we got some things to discuss. Uh, my voice is shithouse. I'm not sounding very well, uh, as you can hear. So I will probably uh, make this one a little bit shorter than the normal 24, 25 minutes. We'll see how we go. And uh, I'll just stop it when I run out of breath because we are on the road again. So yeah, JB, don't worry about your wheel bearings, buckaroo, they're fine. It's just a noisy old Telstra. Now, you all know, there's a couple of couple of big points, we're gonna, things we're gonna talk about today. You all know I've been hanging out for an electric truck. You know, I've had my order in for a cyber wank for two and a half years now, and you know, it doesn't look like that's coming. Who would have thought? Um, Surely it is though, right? Just just right alongside, or you know, just before, or just after my fucking plaid. Yeah, righto. Elon, zip it up and get back to work. Um, so I've been looking, uh, in, you know, with great interest at the F-150 Lightning. That looks like a pretty, you know, pretty cool thing, if you ask me. You know, it's, a, it's not a, a great, you know, a, groundbreaking sort of looking design and that's probably its strength. It looks like an F-Truck with a shit ton of batteries stuffed in it and, and uh, like a little lead light bar across the snoot. That seems to be the yeah, that seems to be the EV truck calling card, doesn't it? Like an inbuilt light bar in the top of the grill. So there you go. Um, I've been looking at that with great interest. You know, I, I would have one of those. I mean, it's not afford a, a nah, they're alright at the EV game. They're pretty new to it. Um, and they're, they're doing some alright things their battery tech's okay their drive units are okay the integration's kind of like yeah, alright you know we've been a bit spoiled coming from the from the masters of that I suppose um, but you know it's got the bases there it's an F truck it's got uh, the big ones the big boy's got 120 kilowatt hour pack in it and it's rated at about you know 450 k's similar to my Model 3 performance pretty much 450 500 k's range it's pretty stout for a truck you know that that could kind of do me um but the bugbear was always going to be how well and how far is it going to be able to tow anything right because that's basically what these rednecks do with these things you know they get on the road again and they're towing three and a half ton worth of you know mobile effluent container behind them and that's just what they do. So, you know, if they've got a big diesel thing with a 200 litre tank, sure, they can put 500 bucks worth of go juice in it and probably get 500 Ks. You sort of don't have that luxury with an EV truck. So what's gonna happen? Well, a bunch of rednecks did this test. <clears throat> My voice is starting to get pretty shit now, if you can hear. A bunch of rednecks did this test 
just recently in the States and they got a new Silverado and, a, and an F-150 Lightning and they, they put an identical three and a half ton, I think it was, or three ton empty van on the back of them and see how far they could go, you know, and they went up, I don't know, Devil's Peak or some bloody climb and, and, and the return trip was like 200 mile. So, you know, took say 300 Ks around about and uh, yeah, the diesel monster did it with 8.9 mile per gallon, mind you, like a terrible thirst, but it did it and got back with some to spare. The F-150 Lightning, on the other hand, uh, was fucking pathetic. That's right. It, I think, did 130 k's before it ran out of charge, towing three ton. Like, guys, that simply is not enough, right? That's just fucking useless. You gotta go. You gotta stop and charge after like what? An hour and a bit on the road. That just isn't gonna work, Ford. And I don't think this is specifically a Ford problem. I think this is a EVs towing heavy loads problem. They use that, as I've said before, EVs use that much power to get the job done. You know, even this Model 3 Performance, it eats power like it's free. Well, in my case, it is, but they use a lot of power to get things done and that is a real problem because they're simply not going to have the real world range that's needed to do anything at all that's useful. So who else is this going to affect? I mean, it affects Rivian. They don't go very far, <coughs> um, fully loaded. And is it going to affect Cybertruck? I suppose so. But maybe... Just maybe that's why Cybertruck is so slow on the release date and hasn't been seen spotted in the wild yet and is another year away. Maybe there is a game-changing solution with these new 4680 cells that uh, Tesla have designed that will allow Cybertruck to have a meaningful, not just cruising, but towing range as well because the love affair with EV trucks is going to go uh, clean in the bin um, once people work out exactly how useless they are and that you can't do anything with them. I mean, who would want that? You know, you're spending big money. I mean, the F-150 Lightning isn't cheap. You're spending a hundred plus grand US, so, you know, uh, 230 or $40,000 here probably <clears throat> for, excuse me, I'm dying here for something that can't do what a basic old shit ranger can do so, yeah truck's got a long way to go and uh, if Cybertruck hopes to be as successful as Ford oh, sorry, as Tesla is saying it's going to be it's going to need to do something absolutely groundbreaking to get range because otherwise it's just going to be another shit electric truck bit harsh wasn't it sorry about that cyber wank um on to further matters and crazy manufacturers who gets porsche i mean 
I get Porsche, I suppose. Uh, they build beautiful cars. They build fast cars. They build the cars that you can hold flat out on the racetrack all day, and they just uh, do things. Porsche build beaut cars. They also build quite a good electric car. The Taycan. Uh, often referred to by myself as a Toucan. It has a bit of a parody, I suppose. But the Taycan is a very good car. You know, uh, they had a few range issues and a few software glitches and a few little things. But I went to have a look at one yesterday and, uh, yeah, you know, beautifully built. Um, it's as you would expect a Porsche to be. And Porsche, you know, upping the ante even more with uh, a whole new range of electric vehicles coming out. Like, you know, like electric Cayennes and Macans and Macadamias and pecans and all these other stupid things and of course there's a 718 uh, I think it's a 718 GD4E the electric um, Cayman is just yeah, amazing and fast and actually up good but faster than a cup car so Porsche had this really good handle on EVs and you know being sort of related a little bit to Volkswagen Audi group, you know, they can, they've got a big technical source to pull on uh, there, so I'm going to try and uh, make my voice a little bit less scratchy here. Um, so why, oh why, do I open my browser and find that uh, Porsche are uh, going to open a biofuels plant in Tasmania? I haven't heard anything more stupid in my entire life. Um, Porsche make a good petrol car. Yes. Porsche make a good hybrid. Yes, if there is such a thing as a good hybrid. Porsche make a good EV. Yes. So what the hell do they need to make synthetic bloody fuel? Like, people just think that synthetic fuel will just be this thing uh, that is on the Bowser and you can just pump it into your tank and your cars will just keep running like normal and away we go. You know, environmentally friendly fuel made from renewables. You see, it doesn't work like that. Because to make fuel, you know, environmentally friendly synthetic fuel from renewables uh, means, you know, solar, wind, their battery storage, uh, and hydro, and it simply doesn't work. I mean, let me get this right. You can actually make synthetic fuel out of renewable energy, yes. But the losses along the way that you incur in making the fuel make the whole process stupid just stupid because every step of the way when you know a, a, a energy state changes form there is a loss associated with that and so you know there may be up to 60 to 80 percent losses in energy in turning um, renewable power into synthetic fuel and what is going to run 
on this synthetic fuel? Well, I don't think it's going to be the answer for everything that needs petrol. But Porsche may probably develop a series of vehicles to run on its synthetic fuel, right? So that you've still got that old suck, squeeze, bang, blow, you know, combustion, shitful event going on. So there's going to be a whole new range of vehicles developed for it. That's great. Who's going to bloody buy them? Can you imagine how dear, how expensive they're going to be with a dedicated engine, low volume, for a dedicated fuel, low volume, that is going to be super duper expensive. Like, you know, initial estimates discussions, whatever you want to call it, have seen, uh, oh, we're going, we're actually in Penfold's, uh, the House of Grange at the moment, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world, and we're overlooking the great vineyards, but yeah, who is going to be able to um, afford these fuels? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really get it. Uh, it it's, it's a strange one to me. So I'm just going to go up here and park and continue this podcast uh, in a nice, peaceful, serene setting away from everyone. It's not even open yet. How good is that, Martin? You've done well. Come here and we'll just, you know, sit here and finish our podcast and overlook the city and hopefully don't have any big birds shit on us. I hope it's, uh, we'll go into park now too, does that? Yeah, so synthetic fuel, what a waste of fucking time. Porsche would be much better off focusing on making their EVs better and more efficient. I mean, we don't need so many solutions to a given problem. Uh, uh, you know, there is no, there's going to be no such thing as a hydrogen car because it's just dumb. And again, so much energy gets lost in the translation of hydrogen into a fuel that it just doesn't make sense, right? Energy gets lost there and never recovered. Um, and also they're puny, gutless things and the world doesn't want gutless cars anymore. You know, we've got to the bottom of that one too. The world wants fast cars, even if they are EVs. So puny, hydrogen, stupid, expensive things that do not 115 seconds are just not going to be on anyone's radar there are you know they're just idiots pretty much yeah so that's Porsche I don't know why they're doing what they're doing um normally when you get uh you know manufacturers spearing off on these like you know crusades to develop something new that you just know is going to be an absolute shit waste of time normally someone's uh giving them a lot of money to do it so consider that, you know, it, it's, uh, they're getting money from somewhere to do this because it's, I just, I just can't see how it could be in Porsche's, Porsche's best interests in any way, shape or form. On to more other news before we go today, I'm, I'm kind of motoring through this, I'm hoping I'm going to get I uh, hope I'm going to get to the bottom of it all. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but uh, our friend Chet Cheyenne totaled his plaid with all the mismatching wheels and tyres and shit all over it came out and 
gave some sort of explanation as to what happened, and it was it was flaky uh, at best. You know, I mean, people people um, listen to this, and without knowing the cars as well as say I know them, they may get the wrong idea and may actually believe some of what he's saying. But like, what he's saying is because he had screwed this thing up and driven it underwater and and fucked it up so much. Um, the regen braking wasn't working properly in the car. So, you know, when you lift off the the uh, throttle, the, you know, the braking takes over and charges the batteries. Um, that wasn't working uh, because he drowned the thing. And then after he had it fixed, he, he took the car to Tesla and had them, you know, reload all the control units and service all the motors because they're all full of water and, you know, milky, thick-shaped custard shit. After he'd had it fixed, he took it to the track and... Uh, had a lot of regen braking. So, you know, the regen was working again. And he was saying, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard, that he had to learn how to drive the car again because the regen braking was working. Like, what? I mean, yeah, uh, yes, maybe, but regen's really assuring, uh, you know, reassuring to use. It works really, really, really well. And uh, it doesn't make you do anything stupid or wrong when you're driving the car. And more to the point, regardless of regen being on or off, and you can switch it off in track mode pretty much uh, on a Model S Plaid, pretty much uh, you can just stand on the brakes and brake too, uh, you know, and regen is just an extra helper. Yeah, uh, it seems more and more, the more we look at this accident, uh, it seems like a run out of talent moment and that Chet just went too deep on the brakes. You know, he's going on about Tesla having dot three brake fluid. Now the brakes can go away and da, 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 da. I mean, that may be an issue. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, how many people with standard cars that haven't been driven underwater and fucked up, how many of them are having problems with uh, the brakes going away? I haven't heard too many. I mean, I've heard of people getting the brake pedal hot and getting the brake long, the pedal long, as happens when you overheat a brake. But I haven't heard anyone actually going on about complete brake failure. So, yeah, I, I don't know, Chet. It's just looking flaky, bud. I think it's kind of like time you said you, you fucked up and, and just got on with it. And please don't try and build some stupid hot rod out of the battery packs and power units and bits and pieces you've got left because you won't get it to work properly unless you actually pay um, proper people to do it because you can't even bleed brakes, you know? So, yeah, please don't. Um, other matters today, I I'm making it through there. We're making it up to the 20-minute mark, which is absolutely amazing for me. I didn't think I'd get that far. Other matters today, uh, I'm planning a bit of a road trip, camping trip, in the Tesla Model 3 performance. Seems like people can have good fun camping in these cars. They turn into a little motorhome inside if you're adventurous enough. Plenty of room to lay down and lay yourself out and the seats do fold perfectly flat in these. So you can actually get a little mattress set up and use these cars as a bed. Yes, well, if I, you know, if I end up homeless one day, I'll be able to live in my Telstra. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do the Little East Coast one because, you know, I get I, I get to watch Americans and I get really jealous of them, you know, unless it's Chet Cheyenne, um, because they can just traverse the entire country on the supercharger network and go here, there, and 
you know, uh, fill up in five minutes and 10 minutes and bang, off you go again. They've got infrastructure everywhere. And it works so well for them. And finally, slowly, we're starting to get a little bit of infrastructure in Australia here as for the supercharger network. So, you know, as it sits now, I can go right, I believe I can go right over the eastern coast of Victoria and still be part of the supercharger network and stay at the beaches down there or, you know, I probably won't sleep in the car. I think that was being me being a little bit adventurous. I think I'll do that uh, age-old time-honoured thing called getting a hotel room. And yeah, well, uh, me, the dog, and, uh, and the wife will we'll go and do our thing and uh, go on a little road trip because I really want to experience um, that high-speed charging thing, you know, because, um, I mean, I've, I've supercharged many times, but as far as uh, the delay versus going to the restroom and ordering something to eat and letting the dog stretch its legs and have a whiz or whatever else he needs to do. Um, that sort of, how much does waiting uh, for a charge impede on your relaxation and uh, vacation? I'll be very, very interested um, to see the answer to that. And, you know, that's real world supercharging to solve like a real world kind of issues. Now, before we head out today, um, Big Paul obviously couldn't be here because I'm so bloody sick. Uh, we decided, we don't know what it is, it's cold, I think. We decided uh, to record, uh, not to record on Friday because I didn't want to get him in the in the car and make himself and little Oscar sick. Uh, so we didn't, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but he will be coming back. We're hopefully looking at doing one in uh, 48 hours time, but it's going to mean there's... Bob is only going to appear in one epicast. You're only going to hear his dulcet tones in one epicast in this break period. And I know there are a lot of fans out there of uh, Hey Babe, and they're going to be disappointed. But however, I have told him to um, lift his game a bit, and uh, people are really enjoying a lot of the stories of when Paul worked at Holden, um, because they're real um, and they're fun. Um, but he can't tell us everything because, you know, people can get upset. So I said, uh, what about it was an imaginary car factory and you never worked there? Can you tell us some of the things that happened? And he's gone, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. So, yeah, we have some absolutely amazing stories from the vault coming up about this imaginary car factory in South Australia and uh, the things that used to happen, uh, not only on the job, but during uh, lunch breaks. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be quite funny. And it's taken me a while to get, you know, Paul to want to talk about this stuff. But I think it's going to be very, very good because that is one of the real popular sort of uh, themes that people enjoy about range anxiety is like, not just all the bullshit I've done over the years, but what it was actually like to be part of the um, biggest car manufacturer in Australia and, you know, the most successful one. Sorry, Ford, but, yeah, you didn't really hold a candle to uh, the lion and particularly uh, the fact that it was in South Australia, which also happens to be the home of not only Hey Babe, but it's the home of Range Anxiety as well. So thanks for listening to my 
croaky, terrible voice today. I hope you had fun and you'll be hearing back from us real soon.